This week on Hyperspace Broadcasts, I discover that apparently I'm a Starlexis fan. Trust me, it'll make sense. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hyperspace Broadcast, a show where two real friends dig through Toonami's back catalog and try to determine what, if anything, is worth revisiting. I'm Michael Doak. And I'm Peter Eby. And this week we are continuing our coverage of Transformers Armada. We're almost done. This is season three <laughs> of four. We only have one season of this crap left to go. It will be so freeing to record yeah. the final episode about this show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it almost it was actually surprising we didn't pull off like the uh let's watch two seasons of this show yeah, and then right. we'll get back to it later like we did with He-Man. He-Man well, in a, a much better show. <laughs> yeah, I mean to be fair that was more because He-Man was, you know, the first season was broadcast during Tom what 2 and then the second was t- during Tom 3. I don't know. Yeah. It, it it wasn't necessarily just because we were like, "Oh, I can't take this show." Um <laughs> But it, but it is surprising that considering we, you know, again, watched the first episode of this and we're like, I'm not sure I can watch this entire show. <laughs> it's it's crazy to yeah, think that dude. we've watched like almost 40 episodes of it <laughs> since then. And, and uh, remind me, the, the other the other series in this like little Transformers series of extra garbage, they actually get worse, right? Supposedly, like the sequel series to this, which is Energon, if I'm remembering correctly, is actually worse somehow. Good, which good, good. Blows my was mind. On, if, that was on Tsunami. Uh, yes, it was. So we'll oh, we'll tackle that eventually. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I guess until then, uh, let's dive into this shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's get into the synopsis. Um, oh man. So the, this this season is, I'd say, kind of made up of several like mini arcs more than previous seasons were uh i i think last season was mostly just one long continuous arc while this one's a little more broken up so uh we start off and basically since jetfire and thrust have you know joined the fold of their respective factions uh the autobots and decepticons are kind of like trying to get their houses in order basically the Autobots are super happy to have reinforcements uh, because they all love each other. And uh, Thrust eventually figures out something that basically the Decepticons should have figured out a long time ago, <laughs> which is that Sideways is working for somebody else. So they all pretty much immediately turn on Sideways and just kind of uh, kick him out of the Decepticons, basically. <laughs> He, I think Thrust was suspicious when he realized that Sideways' his voice actor wasn't actually Scott McNeil. <laughs> <laughs> a a, a thing that even knowing that still trips me up from still time to time. blows my mind. Dude sounds exactly like Scott McNeil's voice. Scott McNeil's in the show as a different character. Yeah. Uh, so that that's happening. But meanwhile, a mysterious Decepticon ship is coming towards Earth. <laughs> and this is a new Transformer named Tidal Wave. Uh, he can transform into three different forms. Obviously, he has a robot form, and then he has like a spaceship form and a big aircraft carrier form. Uh, he's, you know, a big dumb guy, and he's just 
honestly completely annihilated in his first fight. <laughs> yeah. Like he has a surprising amount of buildup, uh, but it just doesn't yeah, matter. They do like a whole cliffhanger of him showing up and you're like, whoa, what is this? Like some aliens or something? And it's like, no, it's this giant robot. He kind of like his robot form kind of looks like a, I don't know, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure villain or something, or like some yeah, dude at a fist he has of the like, North Star. <laughs> he has kind of big lips and like he like also his chin, face yeah. kind of looks like a mega deuce also. Like yeah, maybe it's yeah. just that I have big O on the brain, but <laughs> he he looks a little too much like a mega deuce for comfort. Also, also they keep he, calling him Shockwave. <laughs> yes. Because this they show keep is calling him Shockwave. So poorly made that they will constantly refer to the Transformers by the wrong names. Yeah. Now, in fairness to the show. Uh, this, I would say, is the most egregious error this season. That's like, true. for the most part, this season is actually fairly free from just constant mistakes and screw-ups, which is kind of nice because it makes it a lot yeah. easier to follow, uh, which is good because, get ready, there's a lot of bullshit about to yeah. happen. So A lot of plot, too. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, you know, in the midst of uh, tidal waves showing up, and sideways getting kicked out, uh, some new minicons are detected, and these are the minicons that form the Requiem Blaster, which is the final of the three super weapons. You may remember that uh, Sideways referred to it as the Astro Blaster last season, long before it was introduced. <laughs> By but... mistake, as if he brought it up as if it was already introduced, said yeah, that the Autobots right. had it. Just a complete fuck-up. Yeah, right, of course. So uh, these minicons don't want to fight. Um, but eventually, you know, they do, and they form the <laughs> Requiem Blaster, and then Optimus Prime uses it to stop a long fall. And basically now the Autobots have the Skyboom Shield and the Requiem Blaster. And also, it's kind of worth mentioning that these first three episodes are weird, because each one basically has a scene right at the end that kind of belongs in the next episode, but it's there uh. as sort of a weird cliffhanger. Like the first episode of this season has this weird bit at the end where tidal wave is showing up and the Decepticons and Autobots are battling on an island. But that has almost nothing to oh, do with anything yeah. that happens in the rest of the episode. It does really feel like it should have been a three-parter, huh? Yeah, right. It's kind of structured that way. But the weird thing to me is that like the 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 overlap parts don't feel like they need to overlap almost at all yeah for the most part yeah like tidal wave overlaps and you're like whoa this dude's coming in he looks huge what the hell and then he's just destroyed instantly it's well, not, yeah, he's not like yeah, a and major he's, plot point yeah right he's episode. also just another new character right it's yeah, not like it's right. unicron it's just another guy so it yeah. doesn't really matter. And then uh, at the end, at the end of the second episode, you have the kids finding the one of the new mini cons, which is named Sky Blast. For those of you who care, uh, and then the mini con like runs away from them. But at the start of the third episode, the same scene happens again, except <laughs> yeah. instead the mini con fires at them and doesn't run away, <laughs> like. I don't know. It's just weird. And it, I I can't explain why it happens the way it does, but I felt like it was worth mentioning because it's very strange to me. Yeah. Uh, so the kids try to hide the Requiem Blaster minicons from the Autobots at one point. This is after they've already kind of saved the day. 
uh, because they don't want the Autobots using the Minicons against the Minicons' will. And then, of course, like, this doesn't really go anywhere. They hide out on a farm, and Thrust comes, and then Optimus beats Thrust, and Optimus is like, don't worry, kids, you can trust me, I won't do that. <laughs> but just for, like, the 14th time reaffirming, like, the Minicons actually have their own... Uh... <laughs> There's one part where they're like, the Minicons are alive! And it's like, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a really oh, weird moment. The first episode, we <laughs> yeah. discovered this, they've constantly repeated it, where it's like, yeah, the Minicons yeah, have like... their own own fucking free will they don't really want to fight <laughs> it is it is Stupid. surreal seeing a character in the third season of a show remark that a thing that was pretty yeah. well established <laughs> to be alive is in fact alive <laughs> that was that is true that was like absolutely <laughs> of course they're alive it's it's as though ash ketchum was like hold on pikachu's alive like yeah no shit ash how did you miss this this whole time are you crazy (laughs) oh god so there's a two-parter where we learn hot shots a sad dark backstory where he abandoned a friend and like mentee named wheeljack on the battlefield because wheeljack was trapped in some fire uh and then he's forced to kind of relive the experience because a new autobot named sideswipe shows up and he's like an eager cadet guy who hotshot has to whip into shape uh and then wheeljack comes back and it turns out that he actually got saved by megatron so he's evil now and there's this you know two-parter episode basically about that whole thing but it doesn't really go anywhere honestly yeah. again it's just kind of like these arcs don't <laughs> yeah right there's oh there's another new decepticon yeah that's really it and like he come he shows up later sometimes but it's like nah he's just another dude on the side like, yeah it's not, right it, it seems like they character. kind of forget about him honestly yeah. uh and then we have the real meat of this season and you know by that i mean like there's three episodes about it but it's the most interesting bit is that Starscream is pissed off because the Decepticons use him as bait and then they like attack the Autobot base and steal the Requiem Blaster while <laughs> the Autobots are busy behind. fighting Starscream. Yeah, right. Yeah. So Starscream is pissed off about this, uh, specifically at Thrust, because Thrust is the strategist who came up with this whole idea. And Starscream defects and joins the Autobots for a few episodes and he takes the Star Saber with him. So this is pretty interesting because, like, nobody trusts Starscream, obviously, and he's obsessed with beating Megatron. Uh, but, you know, the Autobots use him as intel, basically. There's this whole episode where they attack the Decepticon base and they free all the Minicons who have been basically rebuilding the base back into a spaceship, which is what it used to be. Uh, and, you know, now all the Minicons are free and the kids like Starscream, but Starscream doesn't really know where he fits in. Yeah. And then eventually, uh, because Thrust and Sideways have been talking on the side, and Sideways is revealing all this important information to Thrust, namely that you can combine the three super weapons into a <laughs> mega weapon. Whoa. Uh, Thrust, you know, like, uh, cajoles Starscream into flipping sides again and stealing both the star saber and the sky boom shield so 
by the end of the season, the Decepticons have all three super weapons and they've built the mega weapon, which Thrust calls the Hydra Cannon because there are nine Minicons in it and the Hydra had nine I, heads. You know what? And also with the design of the Hydra Cannon, I, I was worried that they were going to try and make some monstrous, horrible transformer out of nine right. different little vehicles <laughs> and turn it into a big, yeah, dumb kind of like guns, vehicle Voltron gun sword shield. Uh, but instead, <laughs> they just kind of like stuck them all together and use them as like the core of like this big ship's main cannon. Yeah, right. They they do us. It, it is a little weird that they don't really try that hard to make them combine necessarily. Yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, like, I don't think there was really a great way to do that, so they probably made the right choice. But, but yeah, so Starscream's now got these kind of, he's got some feelings for people on Earth, but he gets kind of, like, manipulated into defecting again, and he does so because he's, like, he wants to get the chance to kill Megatron. Like, his entire goal joining the Autobots, and oftentimes has put him at odds with the Autobots, was, like, He's not going to follow their orders unless those orders relate to getting the chance to kill Megatron. Yeah, right. Which I thought was kind of cool. <laughs> Although, really stupidly, he defects and basically has like the perfect chance to kill Megatron. And Megatron's just like, hand me the, we- the super weapons. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and just hands them yeah, over. Yeah, right, it's like, right. It's- <laughs> you could have just like run him through with the sword right there, like the perfect chance. But yeah. Nah, kids show, I guess. I, I, he has to I be will... dumb enough to hand his hand his arch nemesis all the fucking keys to victory yeah right i i will talk more about starscream's second defection later because i find it very stupid honestly (laughs) but uh rest assured it's pretty stupid uh so the decepticons launch into space in their fully repaired ship with their fucking new super weapon in place and, you know, they have a test shot and they blow up a comet, which was conveniently passing by, uh, which kind of signals to everyone on Earth that there's something going on, which up until this point, they just didn't know about. But obviously, this is a big problem. So yeah. now that they know the Hydra Cannon works, Megatron orders Starscream specifically to just blow up the entire Earth in order to destroy the Autobot base. Because Megatron doesn't care about the Minicons anymore. Obviously, they have the super, super, super weapon. So it doesn't really matter. Just get rid of the Autobots. Naturally, uh, Optimus leaps into action. And because the only flying Autobot is Jetfire, they combine into Jet Convoy once again and fly into space. And they separate. Uh, You have a brief showdown between Optimus and Megatron before the Hydra cannons fired at Earth, and somehow Optimus stops it from hitting Earth. He like, like uses his matrix of leadership to deflect it somehow. Yeah, or something. Right, right. I forgot to mention that he also reveals that he has the matrix of leadership and tries to give it to Hotshot, who refuses to take it. Uh, so, you know, Hotshot might be the new prime because shotamus yeah shotamus yeah, <laughs> prime of course of course uh because spoiler alert optimus dies he oh, no. turns gray and then he just kind of dissolves into a bunch of space dust 
And yeah, Optimus is totally dead. And then we get almost no resolution for that. The season just kind of ends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Optimus <laughs> dies. Um, Megatron's like, well, I guess let's leave, even though we have the hugest advantage ever right now. <laughs> but eh, fuck it. Let's <laughs> yeah. leave. Uh, we can't end things just yet. There's another season to go. Um, we don't really see much reaction from any of the Autobots except for Jetfire, who screams in the way that only Scott McNeil can scream in anguish <laughs> twice. <Yes. laughs> uh, and then we have like a meteor shower on Earth and Rad over, you know, voiceover <laughs> tells oh us that God. it's as though the entire universe is crying for Optimus Prime. And that's the end of the season. <laughs> See you next yeah. time, kids. Now that your favorite character, Optimus, is just dead. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's honestly pretty surreal how little wrap up there is. Like, yeah, yeah. Th there's there's no like scene of hot shot considering that now he has to be the leader because Optimus chose him. None of that shit. Just he's dead. The universe is crying. I guess the end. The end. <laughs> yep. That's. <laughs> It's pretty wild, actually, when you put it that way. <laughs> yeah. You know, watching it, imagine watching that weekly, you know, and then like, yeah, and then right. after that, who the fuck knows when the next season's going to come out? Well, it's like, I remember, um, I, I think the first time that I ever really heard anyone talk about the Transformers, the movie, which is, of course, the original animated movie, was yeah. James Rolfe. And if I remember correctly, in the video where he discusses it, he brings up that, like, Either he cried or he saw someone in the theater crying when Optimus died because, like, he's your favorite character as a kid and this fucking movie just killed him off pretty brutally. <laughs> right. I, You know, I might be confusing that with Roger Ebert talking about seeing Night of the Living Dead. But regardless, they like... Did Optimus die in that, too? <laughs> yeah, and it made some little girl cry in the, the oh. aisle next to him. But regardless, it seems really strange to me that, like, regard you know, whether or not someone actually cried at seeing Optimus die, like, this is a show for kids. Optimus was a lot of kids' favorite character. It's weird to just kill him off and then just kind of leave it. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, I don't Goku know. died a bunch of times, too. I mean... <laughs> In fairness, yeah, though, did, Dragon Ball Z has like ever... a you know a backup. <laughs> you could just load previous Goku using. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> using basically Dragon using Dragon Balls. Yeah, it's, it's got hacks. So. Yeah, I mean, true, but the thing is, too, like I don't feel like there was ever a significant arc of Dragon Ball Z that ended with Goku dying. I guess, I guess um, the end of the Cell games, right? Yeah, when he was like, I don't want to come back. But at that point, yeah, he'd already right. died several times, so <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just, I feel like it's slightly different, but maybe I'm just fooling myself. Maybe I just don't like this show, and I like Dragon Ball Z. But regardless, uh, what was your least favorite episode? We're, I'm going to start with episode four, Runaway. Um, <laughs> this is the episode we mentioned in the synopsis briefly where the kids take all the minicons and escape yeah the the requiem blaster ones and like their personal mini cons that is yeah yeah and they they flee uh the autobots because they they know the autobots are going to use them for war and so <laughs> despite they... everything that they would have known about the autobots <laughs> yes. up to this point yes yes and the many many times they've repeated the same messaging uh they, they gather them they dress them up like people hide mm. them on a bus 
ship him off to some random wild west town for some fucking reason. <laughs> yeah, there's just like a ghost town not too <laughs> far from this, where they live. Yeah. Alexis apparently knows where this ghost town is with this abandoned house. They all hang out there. The, <laughs> Billy and Fred put on cowboy outfits that they find <sighs> for some right. fucking reason. Yeah, because Billy and Fred are still around. Don't worry. <laughs> Oh yeah, and and don't you worry if you think Fred didn't win the bet for me this episode by referencing food nine times in one episode, the entire <laughs> yeah, gag yeah. being "I'm hungry" or like "I'm writing a letter to my mom, I'm gonna miss her cooking." It's yeah, like, oh, no, it's Jesus. The Fred food times. references in this episode are out of control. It's totally absurd. It is completely wild. <laughs> It's just this episode uh, is my least favorite, but I also like it. It's you know for the wrong well, reasons. Yeah, kind it's, of thing. Um, it's it's amazingly stupid. Like yeah, yeah. some potent stupidity. Like the in kids this one. set a bunch of shitty traps, which <laughs> like don't make sense even against people. But yeah, they yeah, especially they don't make sense when the thing they're worried about sneaking up on them are gigantic two-story tall robots yeah they set like this dinky little tripwire no noise trap with like cans and a wire <laughs> this tiny thing and they're like yeah okay you know a transformer is gonna run into yeah. this it's and, like, and they're gonna hear like, the fucking footfalls first exactly <laughs> like, they're going to feel the footfalls first <laughs> there's no way a transformer could sneak up on somebody it's, and it it's doesn't like, make any sense. It, and it's like, what transformer would be fucking stupid enough to do that? And then we see Thrust, the tactician, brilliant transformer who can turn invisible, <laughs> triggers the fucking trap. Yeah. Somehow <laughs> like, Thrust. Sure. And, and of course, that's what the kids hear, too, from yeah, across yeah. the like property that they're on, is cans rattling. Not Thrust, <laughs> yeah. a jet landing. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's so fucking funny. Like, oh man, that scene is so great. And then they like try these stupid home alone traps on him that barely do anything. Yeah, like, I, oh, I would say of... Battle of Endor traps. <laughs> They're the sure. same. Yeah, a bunch of logs rolling down, or they try to catch him in like a rope, which doesn't work. Yeah, at all. and then they just get but... pulled by it exactly like the Ewoks. <laughs> oh, that's true. Like... Actually, that was an Ewok gag. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like this might actually just be a reference. Like, <laughs> even the log trap is identical, except that you know thrust doesn't get tripped up by it yeah but one of the other things i really love about this is they're talking about like the minicons and the astro blaster minicons or whatever you want requiem blaster yeah requiem they, blaster minicons <laughs> and they're like they they just want peace they just want to be happy and they see them like dancing around and chasing <laughs> butterflies these yeah. little robots <laughs> these like stupid little robots yeah, one of them is wearing a cowboy hat like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so funny seeing them do that shit it's also by far the most personality we've seen out of any of the minicons so far yeah, yeah. which is kind of nice actually who again they only speak in dial-up tones except yeah, right one episode where one spoke for some fucking reason that still hasn't been referenced <sighs> yep yeah <laughs> that fuck? never came up again that's really weird it just yeah, keeps sure. getting Whatever. weirder hey you know another thing that's weird remember the ancient civilizations of earth that had <laughs> access to the mini cons remember how that hasn't been referenced I, one single I, time I actually since forgot. then <laughs> I stand by my irritation <sighs> with that episode, yeah. being like, this will never come up again, I guarantee it. I wanted it to come back up. <laughs> it really didn't. 
So oh, yeah, you know, God. and of course Optimus comes back and is like, no, actually, we we're gonna let them choose, and if they don't want to fight, but you know, they probably should fight just to prevent them from being enslaved. I don't know, guys. And yeah, like, or okay, whatever. Like, all right, we're all back in the fold. Uh, yeah, that's it. What was your uh, what was your next episode? Uh, so episode six, the past part two, was my favorite episode of this block. Actually, oh, um, nice. To be honest, it was kind of well. To be honest, it was kind of hard to choose a favorite uh, because I didn't generally like any episode more than any other this block for the most part. But this one's interesting because uh, it's the second part of obviously the two part arc with Hotshot and Wheeljack. And basically, like, in the last episode, Wheeljack shot Hotshot basically right in the chest, uh, but didn't actually kill him, despite the fact that they were at point-blank range. So Hotshot's being repaired, and, like, the first half of the episode is pretty much just characters discussing Hotshot's, like, guilt over what he failed to do which to be more specific about it than like the general plot synopsis stuff basically uh wheeljack was caught in like a raging inferno on cybertron what exactly was burning i'm not sure he's like stuck under rubble yeah right and so hotshot couldn't get him out alone so hotshot's like wait here i'll come back with help we'll get you out of here and he goes to the other autobots that he's with and they're like you can't go back in there you're going to die like this is an acceptable loss, basically. Like, suck it up. He's dead. There's nothing you can do. We're not going to get all of us killed to save one guy. So, uh, like, basically, the reason I like this episode is because, despite the fact that it's Transformers, I feel like this is the possibly the only episode of this show <laughs> where a character deals with an emotion that is, like, identifiably human. Yeah. And has any real life like significance like everything else is so grand and like space opera e that this thing of hotshot having survivor's guilt basically yeah is like actually kind of well handled it's still very cheesy but it's still like again it's it's an identifiable human emotion that a character is actually allowed to attempt to process instead of the next plot point coming up and them having yeah. to abandon whatever emotion they were feeling in order to, to deal with to the Hydra cannon. Yeah, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was actually pretty cool, too. Um. <laughs> yeah, so, like, the the rest of the episode's just kind of silly stuff. I mean, Hotshot goes to some abandoned factory, which starts exploding for some reason. Uh, oh. He and Wheeljack fight each other, and then uh, Sideswipe comes in, and Wheeljack's like, oh, I'm going to stage the same basic yeah. scenario <laughs> to I'm prove tie that you Hotshot is exploding a, building. Yeah, right, to, to prove that Hotshot doesn't care. But of course, Hotshot does care, so he rescues Sideswipe. And then, like, Thrust is just kind of hanging around, and uh, Wheeljack takes a couple shots at him because Thrust is interfering and then Wheeljack meets up with Megatron, and Megatron's like, why don't you join me? And it's like, didn't this already happen? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like wasn't of Wheeljack course, already a Decepticon? I don't really get it. the episode that gets it. some things right is going to get a weird big continuity error. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, so, like... yeah, so basically, like, the end of the episode, weirdly, is Wheeljack in the Decepticon base, and 
Thrust is like, we can't trust him because he shot me down. And Thrust is bandaged up, which is kind of funny. Yeah, um, yeah. And Megatron's like, nonsense. I totally trust him, even though, like, again, why wasn't he already part of our team in this episode? He says, I'm a Decepticon now. <laughs> so <laughs> what happened here? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's not totally free of the Armada bullshit, but I don't know. Like, I, I think that identifiable human emotions that characters are feeling and conflicted about is like kind of worth it for the dumb yeah. stuff also. Yeah. <laughs> I it, don't know. It, 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 also, this episode has the side plot of like Fred and Billy and Alexis get really into playing this video oh, game yeah. on the main computer. And then it's revealed strangely that the video game is them actually controlling minicons who are fighting each other which apparently which makes no sense makes no sense to the like morality of the show at all like yeah they or would to the never, characters like why would they do forcing that? <laughs> forcing the minicons to fight each other and they're like <laughs> yeah it's good for training. amusement <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like, not even for any kind of cause and also that like... they can control the minicons doesn't make a lot of sense like yeah why... it just it seems like idiotic weird. filler really <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally like yeah and alexis gets really into the game and is great at it and and the game controllers too are worth just a, yeah. a brief mention for being really bizarre and that they're like PS you know like PlayStation controllers, but without the dual joysticks and instead just one big joystick right in the middle. So it's, it's kind of like, like an N sixty four controller. Yeah, like it's like an N sixty four without the handle. <laughs> yeah, though, yeah. like that's the weird thing. Like you have to reach your thumb over to manipulate the joystick instead of it being right there. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't make sense. But anyway, I I think this episode's fairly good despite some flaws. Like it's not amazing, but eh, you know, it's yeah. it's nice to see some emotion out of any character. Well, next up is episode nine, rescue, which is my zenith. Um. This is the episode in which uh, the Autobots and Starscream all attack the Decepticon base. Right, Starscream right. has joined the Autobots like just before, and he's given them information on like the exact coordinates of the base, which I don't remember if they're surprised that it's on the moon in this episode or not, but it seems like no, every I time they talk... they are. <laughs> I think they actually remember that it's on the moon, yeah. <laughs> it's, there's, a, there's a couple times there in the other seasons where they seem to constantly forget that yeah, their base right. is on the they moon. Yeah, right, they forget where it is, exactly. <laughs> But uh, I, I love this uh, because love is a strong word, but I love when uh, all the Autobots <laughs> yeah. warp in and like in, in like the beginning scene, Demolisher, one of the Decepticons, is complaining about uh, and cleaning up after Starscream's like messy escape from the base. And right. he's like, that's stupid Starscream. And then Starscream just shows up right behind him and he's like, you were saying, hey, I brought a couple friends with me. <laughs> and they like, yeah, right. just all show up and kick his ass. Yeah, this episode's also uh, fun uh, because it featured like it features the reveal of all the minicons being used as laborers, which now that I say it doesn't sound fun at all. But well, <laughs> it, it does feature a fight between Perceptor, which is the kids minicons combining and Megatron where all the other minicons are like cheering hilariously. Yeah. Yeah. They're all just staring at uh Megatron and then they start singing the minicon song, which was revealed in a previous episode of like, yeah, right. the minicons can communicate with each other via this song, I guess. <laughs> right. Hilariously. It's, it's just Alexis weird hears it, kind of like, tech now. Alexis hears it and says like, this is the most beautiful song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> 
which is like whoa <laughs> yeah it's pretty <laughs> it's intense. soothing i guess i, I will <laughs> say i actually like the minicon like music i uh-huh. i don't even really know how to yeah i guess it's the minicon song i actually like it i think that it's a nice little piece of music and that it's kind of like relaxing. Sounds like yeah, techno, relaxing electronic kind of, kind of uh, stonery music. Yeah. Right. The, like if it were on lo-fi hip hop beats to study slash yeah. relax to on YouTube, it would not be out of place. For yeah, example, yeah. <laughs> mostly I enjoy this episode because it's pretty stupid. <laughs> sure. As I tend to. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there. <laughs> And and but there's one part at the end I really like. So like Starscream and Hotshot have had this kind of rivalry going on. Hotshot doesn't trust him right when he first joins, and in this episode they like kind of patch things over a little bit when Starscream comes and saves Hotshot during a fight with Megatron. Like Megatron's gonna kill him. Starscream like flies in for the save, and they both like team up together in a moment that's like pretty satisfying. Um. But most of this is, like, there's a silly gag in it where Tidal Wave, like, the giant Transformer is in the <laughs> yeah, base. Yeah. And for one Somehow. Thing, for one thing, yeah, there are several <laughs> shots of Tidal Wave where he's basically the same exact height, if not slightly taller than the other Decepticons, which makes zero sense because yeah, he's, he's a much, fucking, much bigger. He's an aircraft carrier. Yeah, like, this show has clearly... zero, <laughs> zero, yeah, he could carry all of the mega, all of the Decepticons on top of him. Yeah, his, the the scale in this show is very, very rubber bandy. Yeah, it's very stupid. Uh, and they even like do a gag about it where he he chases after some minicons into a tunnel and then just gets his head stuck in the tunnel. And then <laughs> yeah, right, Smokescreen right. is there with his crane and he like attacks him slash pulls him out of the tunnel. And <laughs> Tidal Wave just gets up and looks at him and goes, Tidal Wave, appreciate. And then he fucking uppercuts him, which... <laughs> I thought it was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it feels like a weird facsimile of something that would happen in a '90s Schwarzenegger movie, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> at the very end of the episode, there's like this big struggle with like Starscream <laughs> between Starscream, Megatron, and Optimus because Megatron is down, and Starscream is like. I can kill him right now. I want to kill him. And Optimus is like, no, we're retreating. The battle's done. We don't need to fight anymore right now. Yeah, we we've, we've accomplished our objective. Right? Yeah. And uh, we get this like long bit of struggle, internal struggle with Starscream. Like, do, do betray we, the Autobots though? to do this? <laughs> <laughs> we sort of do. We get, we get like the, you know, you could tell he's uncomfortable and he's thinking about it. And then the episode just cuts. <laughs> yeah. Over and to, they're like, just back at the base. Yeah, back at the base. Oh, he's there. Uh, fuck showing like the uh, dramatic and interesting dialogue or scene or acting that would happen yeah, there. No, no, don't have the <laughs> moment. Instead, you skip it and you're just like, yeah, he went back to base and he's kind of pissed off. Great. Yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning too that I, I, I think you're being generous when you say that we even have a moment of Starscream contemplating this. Like, yeah, <laughs> he is given the order and then it pretty much immediately cuts back to all of them at the base. Like, we really get nothing from Starscream about this, which is crazy because it's yeah. a, like an obvious dramatic moment. It's 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 great when like the show will sometimes do like in this season only so far this show will sometimes do a couple things right but every episode where it does something right it definitely does like two to three other things completely yeah wrong. it screws it up some other way 
Like yeah, e- even episodes where good things happen, there's at least one bizarre mistake. Or like, for example, in this episode, I believe Hotshot says "all righta" instead of "all righty" <laughs> to somebody, yeah. and it's like, what? Like you couldn't do another take? That's not a phrase. No one says "all righta." <laughs> like what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not anyone's accent or anything. Nope, it doesn't make any sense. It's just like, all right, yeah, sure. All righta. <laughs> Why yeah. not? Yeah, so my least favorite episode was episode 11 called Crack. Uh, This is the episode where Starscream is convinced to rejoin the Decepticons, and it's a fairly stupid process. Uh, So Starscream is like in the Autobot base, and he's not getting along with anyone really because he's a slacker, and he's like, oh, I don't understand the Autobot work ethic. Like, I just don't want to do the things that they're telling me to do. So the Autobots are upset at him. Uh, but the kids love Starscream because the kids love every fucking Transformer. And because <laughs> like, Starscream brought them a moon rock. For, oh, yeah. Or there a was Mars a, rock. Yeah, there was went a, to Mars the previous episode. Right, right. Jetfire and Starscream went to Mars the previous episode to get a minicon. And they asked they asked Jetfire to bring a souvenir, and he didn't end up bringing anything. So he forgot, and then like oh, Starscream yeah, I guess leaves, they did ask him. leaves behind a Mars rock for them, and they all start freaking out, like, "Oh my God, Starscream got us a present!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Starscream runs into the kids, and they've decided to throw him a little surprise party, where <laughs> uh, Fred mentions that they have a cake, of course. Yes, and yes. To be course. honest actually a legitimately funny fred line to me is where after they talk to starscream for a little bit he's like can we cut the cake like he's clearly so eager to get his hands on that cake and it's like yeah yeah. actually kind of funny for once um but yeah so they they give starscream this like polishing chamois for him to use to polish sham wow himself i guess like yeah. i don't know it's they say it's for the mini cons whatever but there's this little conversation where starscream's like no one's ever given me a gift before and then they're like what about on your birthday and he's like i don't know what that is and they're like <laughs> what i don't believe that anyway it's honestly kind of cute but it's really <laughs> silly uh so starscream then leaves to go do the thing Jetfire told him to do, even though he says he's not going to do it, uh, because that's how the show works. And he detects some weird signal, so he goes to track it. Turns out it's Thrust. Thrust is like, you should rejoin us, Starscream, because by this point, Thrust knows about the Hydra cannon. And he needs that sword. Yeah, right. And And the Skyboom shield, right. So, So Thrust is like, you need to rejoin us. I also want to take down Megatron, and so we can team up and do it together. Starscream refuses and kind of fights Thrust off, but Billy and Fred see the whole encounter and then go and tell the Autobots about it. The Autobots, because they're dicks, are immediately suspicious of Starscream, uh, especially because, for some reason, the Skyboom Shield Minicons are gone. And no one knows where they are. Because the other kids decided, let's take them out for a walk. Yeah, like they're dogs. <laughs> so, so there's this scene where everyone's like, oh, Starscream, I don't know, where are those minicons? And Starscream's like, I didn't do anything. Hotshot tries to defend Starscream, but it doesn't really work. 
Uh, and then there's a battle. And during the battle, Thrust again comes to Starscream and he's like, Starscream, you should totally betray them. And if you bring the Skyboom shield and the Star Saber, then Megatron won't just execute you immediately for deserting. Right. <laughs> and so Starscream is like, uh, fine, I guess I'll do it. He steals the Skyboom shield, which we get to see in glorious reversed color footage for some yes. fucking reason yeah. for, and because <laughs> everyone's yeah. so shocked and in slow motion or not even you know just freeze frame <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> yeah it's it just someone just hit the invert button on their ms paint it's like yeah, exactly i, I, I mean, would do in my photos in in high school to be like oh this is so cool <laughs> yeah right i mean i don't know about you but personally when i'm truly shocked my colors invert and my yeah, skin becomes yeah. a weird blue shade yeah yeah everything turns like blue black yeah uh but yeah so starscream steals the shield and flies off and everyone's like no starscream how could you do this to us so yeah i I have a number of problems with this episode (laughs) uh i think that like the one of the main problems i have really with the whole starscream you know switching to the autobots arc is that there isn't really enough time that he is an autobot to identify how individual autobots feel about him like it it feels like who trusts starscream and who doesn't is totally random depending on the episode in a lot of cases like Mm. as an example in just the last episode jetfire and starscream kind of bonded by going on a mission to mars but in this episode, Jetfire is immediately suspicious of Starscream and doesn't trust a word that he says. And it's annoying because the Autobots are usually pretty much all identical. There's like no conflict within the Autobots almost ever. And if there is, it's like one episode and then it's dropped forever. So yeah. like the idea of Starscream coming to the Autobots and creating this tension where some of them trust him and some don't is a really cool idea, but they don't really do anything with it because there's no consistency as to who trusts him and who doesn't. It's just kind of random as the episode demands. I mean, I I thought Hotshot was fairly consistent. Like, Hotshot is somewhat consistent, but he's the only one, really. Yeah, that's true. Like, nobody else is given an opportunity to have an opinion about Starscream, really. Yeah, but like he defends him. Like at first he's, I like Hotshot's kind of arc with that because like first he's skeptical about Starscream and he's like, "Why the hell are you bringing him here?" Yeah, and they what almost you fight about? in their first episode. And then they have like kind of a, uh, they have kind of a relationship arc that you know where they start to trust each other, and he helps him in combat and stuff. And it seems like he starts to like him, and then. Uh, and then, yeah, then Starscream betrays, and then he's, like, completely pissed about Starscream again. And, and that, right. like, makes sense to me. It was like he feels betrayed and burnt and is angry about it. Um, yeah, I And he's also, I think... like, clearly upset that, like, because it seemed like he had a friend who completely stabbed him in the back. Like, he... I don't know. I, I, I thought that arc for Hotshot actually worked pretty well. <laughs> Something I actually liked about this season. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to disagree that it works for Hotshot, because I think it does for the most part, but I I just don't think it works for any of the other Autobots. Yeah, all the other ones just seem to kind of generally distrust him, except Optimus, who's, you know, pure of heart all the time. Yeah, right. 
but still like i don't know it's just there 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 aren't enough episodes where starscream is an autobot yeah to really have any of the other autobots form an opinion about him one way or the other i think is my problem and and hotshot comes around super fast too really yeah. like yes they have a moment of camaraderie but still like it's pretty much immediate that he decides to trust Starscream after they were literally about to fight to the death, like the episode before, right? Before they're interrupted, like it, I don't know. I I don't disagree about Hotshot. I disagree about the rest of the Autobots. I I don't think there's enough tension as a result of Starscream being an Autobot now. I don't. Know, I, I got the vibe that they all just distrusted him, uh, but we're going along with it, but. Uh, yeah, I, I sure, but the mean. thing is, it doesn't cause anything to happen, really, except, like, this thing. Yeah. Like, no one's like, maybe Optimus has the wrong idea. That doesn't matter. Yeah, right. They're just like, well, we don't really like him, but whatever, we'll go along with it, because we're all kind of the same. Like, I don't know. So, So that bothers me. What also bothers me is that it doesn't make much sense to me that Thrust would be able to manipulate Starscream so easily. Yeah. Like, considering that Starscream was pissed at Thrust and Megatron specifically for, you know, hanging him out to dry, I don't know why he would listen to Thrust in the first place. Yeah, it seems like he has just as much of a death and... wish against Thrust. Yeah, right. And then Thrust's argument is shitty as hell. It's like... Oh no, you can totally come back. Megatron won't be angry if you bring him all of the weapons to totally destroy your new friends. Yeah. Like, what kind of argument is that? And then also the argument doesn't escalate. So, like, you know, he says basically all he has to say the first time they meet, and then the second time they meet... He does exactly the same thing. Yeah. It's not like he's like, oh, wait, I don't trust Megatron either. I want to kill him, too. The second time to, you know, you know, yeah, push Starscream it. over the edge. Right. Instead, it's just this exact same thing. And this time Starscream's like, well, I guess it, which is stupid to me. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And as you said earlier, it's insane that Starscream just hands over all the weapons to Megatron <laughs> the person he wants to kill like yeah the, the whole point of, of him betraying his new friends who he likes he likes some of the autobots he likes the kids you know he has well, he like, likes the kids in particular yeah and he has like flashback you know thinks about them and stuff <laughs> and yeah <laughs> all for that one nope. goal of killing megatron has obvious opportunities to do so instead hands him all the keys to be invincible instead yeah exactly it's ridiculous it's like, like it just makes starscream look like an idiot yeah yeah <laughs> which is really annoying because like it, him deciding to join the autobots again is a cool idea yeah. i like that a lot but it's so depressing that his reason for betraying them is so stupid and such obvious nonsense yeah yeah <laughs> like it's just not equivalent um so yeah but this episode does feature thrust calling the autobots auto boobs which is pretty funny <laughs> rare because times, i'm 12 one of the rare times they uh make a joke out of the autobot name instead of out of the decepticons. yeah usually it's decepticons and usually it's not half as clever yeah, it's like yeah. decepta dorks yeah. or something yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh cool i guess uh oh, anyway um 
So we're going to get to our break. When we come back, we are going to talk about our thoughts on this season overall. Uh, then we're going to talk about the bet, even though Peter obviously won, uh, and talk about what's coming up next. You know the rules, Hotshot. There are none. It's just me and you. Transformers Armada will return in a moment. Hey there, this is Michael jumping in during the break to give you some acknowledgements. Our opening and closing music is, as always, Vapor Diving, and the music for the bumpers is Monkeys. Both of these tracks are by Anatech, that is A-N-I-T-E-K. You can find more of their music on SoundCloud. Rights were secured through Gemendo. Our next full episode will release August 26th, and tune in next week for Transformers War for Cybertron Trilogy. As always, you can submit a topic or show suggestion for our minisodes via DM on Facebook.com slash HBPod, Twitter at HBPod, or you can email us at hyperspacebroadcastpod at gmail.com. I hate watching this. And now, back to Transformers Armada. All right, we're back. Peter, what did you think about season three of Transformers Armada? Strangely, I kind of liked it um, <laughs> because season three actually like started, they started like attempting things, trying different things, having little story arcs and like dramatic arcs that actually made sense and didn't completely contradict themselves most of the time. Um, they... And at the same time, the show was also still grossly incompetent. And I love, sure. I think when I, when I like watching bad shows, I like them the most when there's like little things I can like also genuinely like in the show, plus a bunch of really stupid shit. So yeah, rather than just being all terrible, all terrible basically. All the time. Yeah. So like, this was like, oh, okay, this is actually kind of, this is kind of fun. Uh, and it was kind of fun just watching every episode because of it. Um, it's still probably it's still not the intended way, I'm sure, for the creators. <laughs> well, yeah, to experience the show, but I'm also not eight years old. Um, the it's, it's it's interesting, yeah. Like the they they do a lot more character development stuff in this. Like, um, mm -hmm. Hotshot has like his own different arcs, and like you know his whole like you said the survivor's guilt stuff and then his relationship with starscream starscream has like an arc whereas like previous previous seasons really they didn't have any development of characters at all that i can think of like i can't yeah, really there's think like of, a little bit of hot shot like, development yeah but it's not like much. you'll get like one episode of character development for one character and then you never hear from them again where it's like oh Blur's yeah right, slightly right. opening up to the other characters he's not gonna be such a loner anymore instead of like carrying yeah, that over right. multiple episodes and building into something it's just like eh, that happens there okay great uh where this one they actually like especially with hot shot and starscream built it over at least a couple episodes and uh, it, it was satisfying to me at least in how it wrapped up instead of just being like mm -hmm. introduce it and that's the end of the episode great that's the moral of the story move on which is basically right, how season right. one and two was 
So, you know, actually adding some character development while still having the stupid shit. That's that's why I like this season more than the others. It's still not a great show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is one thing. <laughs> There's like a thing. It's not really actually anything, but it's kind of funny. No, uh, it can't be. There's no way. Yeah, but like Alexis, the the you know the female character, the young kid. She she's like the human girl. Yeah, and she's like uh, seems like she's it, it's it, some of the scenes make it feel like she has a crush on Starscream, which is really funny to me. Yeah, there is there is like. I'm sure an unintentional subtext about Starscream and Alexis having some kind of connection beyond just, you know, the connection that she has with any other given character or he has with any other given character. And again, it can't be intentional (laughs) because it's really weird. And also, frankly, it reminds me too much of Transformers Kiss players, uh, the, the absolute black sheep of the whole never franchise. Go there, okay. <laughs> I mean, to, to talk about it a little bit, it's a manga in which Transformers power up by being kissed by teenage girls. It's really creepy. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> really creepy. That's all we're that's all we're gonna say about it. Um, but anyway, like I don't know. It's just, there's just all these little details that they throw in. And it's like, it's the kind of thing we're watching. And I'm like, this is how fan shipping it happens, really is. isn't it? Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's just like, it's just all these little details that can be interpreted in a certain way, like, but probably aren't meant to she's, be. She's always the one like leading the cause, but being concerned about Starscream's feelings and stuff. And so you get a lot of shots where like Starscream gets up and walks away pissed off. And she's like, ah, you know, or like, it, yeah. And we have like a close up on Alexis, yeah. specifically Alexis, which, not all the kids, it, just her makes it seem a little bit like she's pining for him, but it's, it's really not anything. I think it's just <laughs> stupid. I mean, there's some other stuff. Yeah. Like, it's it's you pointed out that she's the one who decided to have the party for Starscream because yeah. he brought the rock back. She's the one who decided on the chamois. I, I won't go... No, I will go there as to saying it's a little weird that she gives him something to polish himself Shut with, up. frankly. The, the, you know what? She uh, said it was for the minicons, <laughs> which, by the way, that's I true. love that Starscream, after getting the Star Saber sword... <laughs> And the other minicons, it kind of becomes like a minicon dad. <laughs> like he's yeah, he likes the minicons a lot. It's kind of cute. Honestly, like, yeah, he looks after them, and he's like, he's like, I could use it to clean the minicons. <laughs> it's like that actually like it's <laughs> really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, but basically, it's just stuff like yeah. that. Again, it can't be intentional, but I felt like it was worth mentioning because it was a thing throughout the season that I was like. <laughs> Are they trying to do <laughs> <What>? this? <laughs> because it's really weird. Oh like, I don't like this. I don't like where this is going. Um. So, yeah, I, I generally agree with the positive stuff. Like, I this is definitely a better season than the previous two. I think part of that is just because there are fewer mistakes. So it's a lot easier to follow. Yeah, yeah. Like, there, there's less stuff where a character will be apparently dead and then just fly in after someone else stated they were dead. God, yeah, yeah. Um, 
or many but, kind of speak, but there, there's... no one will reference it, or yeah, they'll reference a weapon that will not be introduced for ten more episodes, and then say yeah, that the Autobots have it. Or there will be a lost it. civilization that doesn't matter and never comes up again. Uh, yep, there's so many a lost civilization of holograms. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What, it, what the fuck was that? That was really what weird. What the hell was that? <laughs> In this episode, or in this season, it's like, yeah, the bigger the bigger mistakes are just like they call tidal wave shockwave, which is still yeah, pretty right. inexcusable. But it's, well, it's still pretty terrible. Like but deep, like, it's at least not confusing. Yeah, like confusing. It's plot just shit. like eye rolling. <laughs> only confusing because they made mistakes. Yeah, right. Um, so that really helps, but like, I still think that's damning with faint praise. Frankly, mm. like. Being better than absolutely horrendous <laughs> is not a high bar. No. And there are other things I like about this season, though, admittedly. Like, I think that at this point, the show has reached a, a stage where, like, the stakes are actually very understandable. Yeah. Just because they have three super weapons that they've demonstrated the power of on multiple occasions instead of the vague idea that a transformer gets stronger when a minicon is power linked to them. Yeah. Right. Like and, and the vague, it, like season one and two were basically, <laughs> they're completely based off of, well, these characters either have these super weapons or have these minicons that make them more powerful. They show them in combat and yeah, I guess they're stronger, but like nothing happens because of that. Whereas in this one, there's actual consequences, you know. A, well, sort, sort of. of. I mean, I'd, I'd argue there still aren't really consequences, but at least, like, we know what the weapons are capable of doing, and it's clear that they're very powerful. Whereas, yeah. especially in season one, like, I think, see, I think basically <laughs> season three, like, took the season two stuff that worked and ran with it. Yeah. So I think season two is still somewhere in the middle, but, like, Season one in particular, it was really difficult to understand why they were even collecting the Medicons, really. Yeah. Because it, it they could say that they made them more stronger all they wanted, but you never really saw that. Yeah. But yeah. like the Requiem Blaster, you can tell it does some serious damage. Yeah. The Minicons. Like you know what the stakes are. In the season that one, shit. they're like, yeah, we're stronger with the Minicons. And then like, so like a car drives up another car's ass and they're like, yeah, I can shoot lasers <laughs> better now. Like, yeah except okay. it doesn't really do anything still yeah, it's like, like there's, there's not a visible difference like there is with the super weapons yeah right <laughs> it's like oh i got um, another little gun turret to attach to my chest i guess i'm yeah, really good right, at guns right. now yeah i'm super strong it's like now rpg equipment <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah yeah but i still think like I, I kind of already talked about it, so I'll just gloss over my notes here. But I still think that the Star Scream thing is kind of a missed opportunity. Like, it's nice that they did it, and I think they did some stuff well. But to be perfectly honest, like I just wish it were more Beast Wars with Dinobot, where you know the conflict between just his basic programming and how the autobots or the maximals in that case were programmed yeah created conflict and it was very clear where various characters stood about what they thought about dinobot and you could see their opinions changing over the seasons yeah right like here because it's only about 4 episodes you don't really get that much depth and it's kind of just there for Starscream character development. And to be fair, like you mentioned, a bit of hotshot character development. But like, 
like what I really wanted was there to be conflict within the Autobots because there pretty much hasn't been for the whole show. Yeah. And it makes the Autobots really boring because they're just like pretty much in lockstep with each other all the time, except for, as we mentioned, like, oh, Blur's an asshole for one episode and then it never matters <laughs> yeah, again. Right. Like, I am actually interested in seeing what comes next, especially for Starscream. Um, yeah, right. For the, sure. Like, I'm curious about Starscream. Like, if they're going to handle him realizing he's uh, in part majorly actually responsible for Optimus Prime's death since he handed over all the fucking mega weapons. Yeah. You know, or just realizing that he's good at heart apparently. Yeah. Right. And like not evil, but I don't know. know. Also responsible for (laughs) the head of Autobots death. It's like, Oh, so where can he go? Pretty much nowhere. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say actually I'll, I'll, I'll save what I was going to talk about next to talk about this. But I forgot to mention something that happens in the synopsis, which is that Smokescreen dies. Oh, yeah. Except he's resurrected in the very next episode. Yep. So it doesn't in matter. Classic because... fashion. I saw this and I was like, this. Uh, first of all, he died so definitively at the end of that episode. People are screaming. They're like, oh, yep. my God. We have the big emotional moment from everybody. Yep. Optimus screams in anger and it's mentioned by Rad via narration. This is the most emotion we've ever seen from Optimus. <laughs> yeah. This death will matter. It will have yeah. plot relevance. Yep. Character development will come of this. Nope. nope. None of that happens. Of course not. At all. And, and it, it doesn't matter whatsoever. I even joked because it's like, this is the classic, like, dope pet peeve is they uh, reversing a character death, like, at the last minute. Yeah. Just like, yeah, I hate that milk shit. as much emotion it. out of everything <laughs> yeah it's just complete exploiting emotions just like oh oh but actually it's okay <laughs> everything's fine yeah well uh, the thing is like i i was honestly i was walking around earlier today thinking about it because this has come up before as you were just saying and like i was trying to think why does this bother me so much and the reason it bothers me so much i think is because it's basically the writer having their cake and eating it too very very obvious uh-huh. because or like writer director whatever you know the the people who made the thing are having their cake and eating it too because they're saying we can have this fucking dramatic character death where everyone's sad and the audience is sad but we don't have to do the actual work of (laughs) making that death matter at all yeah we can just have them die and then bring them back figuring they can be Still alive for the celebration at the end. We don't have to exactly. We don't have to do the work of figuring out what the dynamics going to be like without this character. Instead, yeah, or like how characters are going to be affected yeah. by their death, which is you know something that affects people pretty heavily in real life. Like, don't need to do any of that stuff. And excuse me while I bleed out some venom about Rise of Skywalker, but that movie did that shit fucking twice in <laughs> one movie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I hated it there. And thinking about it more today, it made me hate it even more. And I hate it here. It's bullshit. It was bullshit when it was Jon Snow getting murdered at the end of a season so that the whole audience could be like, holy shit, Jon Snow's dead? Now what? And right. then he's just back at the, the fucking first episode of the next season and nothing's changed. It didn't matter. 
fuck off. I yeah. hate that shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the laziest thing. Oh, God. And it's great, too, because it's just like absolutely smokescreen's dead. And the next episode, they're like, smokescreen's in critical condition. It's like, oh, so now <laughs> now you can use it so you can have like the hospital episode where everyone's concerned about right, his life. Right. And he's, he's, <laughs> yeah. at, he's at, you know, it's no, like, he's what? fine. That's really like having your cake and eating it too. It's like you're, you're not even gonna. Exp- you're doing it in like reverse order. He dies, but then he's actually not dead. But he is in critical condition. So look out, guys. Right, he yeah. could die again. <laughs> what if he died again? <laughs> that would be amazing. And and the thing is, like this didn't bother me so much when we we're actually watching it because, in fairness, Transformers has a proud tradition of characters dying. And then coming back. Mm-hmm. But usually when that happens, well, first of all, it takes more than one episode. But usually when that happens, the character is like reformatted or something. You know, they're in a new body, which to be fair, Smokescreen is. But he's still called Smokescreen and his personality is the same. So it's all the same memories, like, yeah. Yeah, right. But, you know, like like Galvatron, like Megatron becoming Galvatron. Like Galvatron is still a different character. And you still get a change dynamic from a character yeah, dying. Yeah, this here one... <laughs> there really is no change at all. The change Smoke screen is still the same. Everyone is still the same. There's no development. There's just no result the, of him. The dying. only change in dynamic is his design is much shittier now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his design is terrible now. What is interesting is that just reading about this show today, supposedly he was actually like the toy actually has a different name and he was supposed to have a different name, Uh, but they just didn't do that for whatever reason. Like it doesn't even seem to be a mistake necessarily. They just decided against it. I was going to say Transformers Armada fucking up names. No way. (laughs) Yeah. But, but again, like I think it's a thing that they intentionally did because my understanding is the Japanese name stays the same also. Uh, Okay. Um, so I don't know, man, this show, (laughs) <laughs> yeah right this so show like, such... it, it's still stupid i don't know uh, i i just felt the need to bleed out some venom about yeah. how much i absolutely hate that trope because it's just garbage lazy writing like that's pretty much yeah. it though it's uh to get to the recommendations uh whether this is a visit or revisit or best left in the past i personally i'm still going with best left in the past like this season is definitely better than the other two yeah. but I don't think that it's disconnected enough that I could be like, you can just watch this season and it will make sense. Yeah. And even if you could, it's still not great. I think I'd agree with you. I would say if, if you have fond memories of this, this would be probably the season to revisit. Maybe the next one, but I'm guessing the next one will be better. I'm guessing. Who knows? Um, But it's, it's, (laughs) I don't know. It like it's it's kind of dumb fun to me at this point. Like extremely dumb and bad, but fun. But yeah. I, I can't really, in good conscience, give it anything more than a best left in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like what it came down to for me was I was like, I could recommend probably twenty shows that you should spend time watching before you watch this show. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a lot of other stuff that's worth watching. Stuff where, for example, character deaths matter. Yeah, right. Um, 
which speaking of which, I'm just going to say it right now. I guarantee Optimus will be back by the end of the show. Oh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. he will. In some form. Like, Optimus dies and is resurrected all the fucking time. So, like, even that doesn't feel that dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, Optimus is dead. Wonder how hey, long you know it'll what? be before he's back. Do you want to make that? <laughs> let's move on to the bet real quick. Do you want to make that our bet? <laughs> I kind of like that. I kind of do. I, I'll bet. Like how many episodes before Optimus comes back? I'll bet he doesn't come back. There's no way he doesn't come back. <laughs> well, That's it's, impossible. It's, but I'll take that. Does he come back in the bet. same form? Like, like I'd say, if he comes back, it's a different name. That doesn't count. If he comes back, yeah, that's fair. Like a different name and body. If he has like, I mean, if he's basically Optimus Prime as he was, then it's then yeah, that's you win. Uh, I guess dress a different body and name. Yeah, I think name is going to have to be my personal yeah. like sticking point here because Smokescreen is a da- drastically different body, but he's still just fucking Smokescreen. He's the same character exactly. Like if, if he, uh, I I would not be surprised if Optimus came back in a different body, but was still just Optimus. Yeah. Okay. So sure. Yeah. All right. Okay. And and I'll do double or nothing too because technically I'm in the lead. Um, oh fuck! You if know Optimus <laughs> comes back, you choose the next thing. <laughs> fuck! Now you're making me want to go back and do uh, how many episodes till he comes back? <laughs> I am certain he will come back as Optimus. <laughs> and obviously, like, I am certain. Of yada that. yada yada with the other bet. Uh, fucking Freddy never shuts up. Oh yeah, Fred. Fred just slaughtered me. Oh this my bet. god! There, there is literally, there is literally a point in my favorite episode where. Uh, Fred and Billy are playing the video game and Fred in celebration, he just has a bunch of random dialogue, but one of the bits of random dialogue is chili dogs <laughs> because I guess he's Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, <laughs> like Fred talks about food all the fucking time and it's yeah, really annoying. Yeah, just the, the most basis, most like base fat jokes you could possibly imagine. Just like, yeah, yes, yeah. this character will always talk about food. And if the rare occasion he doesn't talk about food, he'll talk about some other inadequacy he has, usually like mental health related <laughs> yeah, or yeah. like his legs hurt or something. Yeah, he's just he's just the chump character who you're supposed to clown yeah. on, which is, again, very annoying <laughs> when he's also one of the few characters who emotionally reacts to anything. Yeah. Like something even resembling a human being. Right, right. <laughs> like like when Starscream betrays them, he cries and you're not supposed to sympathize with him. You're supposed to be like, what a baby. Yeah, right. Because none of the other characters cry. They're all angry and that's the acceptable emotion to have. <laughs> Ugh, God, this show's terrible. Yeah. All right. So, so this show's terrible, but I'm actually very excited for what we're watching next week. And I always say that, but I'm legitimately excited this time because uh, we're going to watch the Netflix show Transformers War for Cybertron Trilogy, which is the first part of a three-part trilogy. There's six episodes so far, and basically it's a CG animated cartoon about, you know, the Decepticons, the Autobots fighting on Cybertron uh, at the last days of the war before they eventually go to Earth in the next series. And it has gotten really positive reviews, like crazily positive reviews, which makes me actually really, really interested. Yeah. Imagine Uh, like just some of the snippets I've read. I'm like, that sounds great. Imagine a good Transformers show. (laughs) 
yeah, there's also just a lot of really interesting little details about it to discuss yeah. that I'm excited to, but obviously we'll get to that next week. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, it's also like hot off the presses, brand new, like just yeah, came out, right, right, right. And like, frankly, uh, pretty much every Transformers show is superior to this yeah. one, at least the ones that I've seen. So, <laughs> like, it'll at least be an improvement, even if it's not incredible. It'll be better than this yeah. garbage. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll be covering that next week. Until then, I'm Michael Doak. And I'm Peter Eby. And be sure to revisit us next week for Transformers War for Cybertron Trilogy. I'll admit the name is a little awkward. <laughs> yeah, Trilogy Part 1, the first part. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I hope you're staying safe and socially distant. This podcast is uh, still in support of Black Lives Matter. And if you check the relevant post on our website, that being the post titled Black Lives Matter, there are links to charities and lists of charities you should really donate to if you uh, have the means. Uh, we would appreciate it, even though obviously we make no money off of this. Uh, we're just trying to spread the word with whatever platform we have. So, you know. Go do that if you have the means uh, or the option. Anyway, if you want more of our content, follow us over at facebook.com slash hbpod and Twitter at hbpod, where we post all of our episodes as well as additional content related to what we've been watching. This is also a great way to get in contact with us if you are so inclined. Of course, subscribing on your podcatching app of choice is also a great way to stay up to date. And while you're there, consider leaving us a review. Um, but of course... Take care of yourselves and others. Uh, obviously, Corona is hard, and we've all been feeling it, uh, so that's the priority, much more than boosting our signal, certainly. I wish I'd been saying this the whole time, uh, but, you know, change your ways when you can, I suppose. Uh, see you next week, and thanks again so much for listening.